A quick apology as we get started here and a look behind the scenes. I was doing batch recording and I interviewed three people in one day and it just so happened that the day before that, I came down with a cold and I was fine except for my voice. My voice just ended up in the scratchy place and this is one of those episodes. So apologies up front and enjoy the episode despite the scratchy voice. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. When Megan lost her father in a plane crash and her brother in a car crash, her heart and life plummeted. Mental health issues brought her to rock bottom. But sitting at the bottom and looking up, she chose to find happiness despite her despair. On today's show, she tells us her story and introduces us to The Kind Effect, a movement that she started that includes a three-day random acts of kindness challenge. Stay tuned for her take on why practicing random acts of kindness is a good way for people to introduce more regular joy into their lives and into their stories. And I think she's got some good stories to share today also. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee. And I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Megan Snedden is the founder of a kindness movement called The Kind Effect. She says, quote, the journey of advocating and sharing kindness hasn't been plain sailing, but kindness has taught me vital lessons, unquote. Today, Megan is here with us, and I am looking forward to hearing her story, her rise from the dark spaces and what has come since then. You know that we are Random Acts of Kindness fans on this show since it's a part of the 21 Challenge. We have a couple episodes on it. So this is right up our alley. Megan, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, where are you from and what is it that you do? I am originally from Southern California. And I guess you could say I've always been a natural storyteller myself, which is also why I was attracted to your podcast. And Mm -hmm. over the years of my career, storytelling has taken a different shape for me. There was a period of my life when I was working as a journalist. And then there was another period when I was working in marketing. And alongside all of those things, I've also had this movement called The Kind Effect that's all about telling stories that uplift other people and bring joy to others. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. So let's go back to your story where that starts. Can you take us back to the path that led you to where you are namely the death of your brother and your father. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I haven't always had a linear path and the path to my movement hasn't been linear either. It's kind of been this kind of all drains lead to the ocean kind of thing. So when I was 
five years old, unfortunately, my brother was hit by a woman and killed. And it was just as horrific as you could probably imagine for a family to go through. Um, oh, and especially how old was for, he? He was eight. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, coming back from that, we really healed together, I think, as a family and really went through that experience together. And I learned a lot from my family about compassion and how to just never judge, I guess, what was happening in the lives or the households of other people. Because also from the outside with my own family, you might see us at the grocery store and never have any idea of the type of trauma and grief that we were going through. And this is something that has left a true mark on me nowadays, even still, you know, as I always give people the benefit of the doubt and always try to be kind also, because when you're that young and you see somebody that you love die that suddenly um, and that tragically, you really are called to an awareness that your time on this planet is limited as, you know, kind of creepy as that is. Um, no, I think that's so, the kind of thing that brings us to an intentionality in our living. So I think it's important to remember that for sure. Yeah. And that's another thing that kind of has led me to kindness as well was not just my brother's death, but also my father's death was really sudden as well. So both of those losses for me were so impactful in this idea of like, wow, you know, our time is limited. We never really know when it's up for us. I think it's really important to live every day in accordance to your values. Um, and kindness is one of my values. So I think that's also why kindness too is something that's really attainable is that you're able to make a difference in the lives of other people on the day-to-day -day basis just because you're out there doing simple things, I think, that matter. Yeah, by small and simple means, huh? Mm -hmm. So how long after your brother died did your father die? And how did he die? Gosh, I was five. My brother died and I was 25 when my dad passed. So 20 years between the two. But death is such a strange thing because you can look back. Like even now, when I look back on my dad passing, it's been probably 11 years. And I go, wow, like 11 years, that is such a long time. But then when I look back at the same time, it just feels like it was so recent even still. Um, sure. And so there even being 20 years between my dad and my brother, it didn't feel like 20 years. Was he a pilot? My dad was not a pilot for work. He worked in construction, but he, for his whole life, was a pilot recreationally. Was he flying the plane that crashed when he died? Yeah, and he was um, he was alone, so there wasn't anyone else that was injured in the crash. But yeah, wow. I was in New York City pursuing my dream as a journalist when I got that late night phone call from my mom, you know, telling me what had happened. And the ironic thing was, you know, hearing that my dad had died this way and then having to get onto an airplane and fly home to be with my family was probably anyone's worst nightmare. I I'm think. so sorry and for your loss. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, you know, a father is a very important figure in someone's life. So even still to this day, like adapting to not having him around has been really hard. But I think also not having him around, I try to live in a way that I would imagine makes him proud mm, because he nice. was always very, very kind and considerate giving person to others too. So how did you first find your way out of the dark then? I, what I heard you say was that 
after your brother died, you realize that what it looks like is going on on the outside of families is not necessarily what's going on, right? You get that depth for giving people the benefit of the doubt and showing kindness whenever you can, because all people are struggling with things that we don't know about. And then, so how did coming out of this darkness and going through this transition you into actually making the kind effect? And was that after your dad had died or was that something you did after your brother died and then it culminated? Like, how do all the pieces come together? Great question. <laughs> well, you know, I think grief is such a dynamic thing that I, when I reflect on having to find my way out of the darkness twice over, um, because that's such an appropriate way to put it, because when you lose somebody that's close to you in a tragic way, you really do hit your lowest of lows. And I think because it's so dynamic that it requires a dynamic approach. So when I was younger, there was like the educational piece because I didn't understand what death and loss was, you know. So it is kind of like a sad reality that while other children were reading Dr. Seuss, like my parents were reading me books like The Fall of Freddy the Leaf so I could understand, you know, the brevity of life. And and now I guess I look back on that and it made me somewhat of a more philosophical person. And then we relied a lot on community support. So being able to invite more friends and more neighbors into our house, you know, in order to kind of fill that space that was missing. And I went through a grief recovery program as well when I was younger. And then after my dad, therapy helped a lot, I think. Therapy, and then I was finding other ways to volunteer and traveling a lot has also been something that's really healed my soul, I think, because you make so many discoveries along the way. I think, you know, the kind effect started after my dad had passed. It took me, you know, several years, I think, to get past the grief and the shock of that. And it's hard because I was in my early 20s at that time. So I was also building a career and like figuring out who I was. And it was a lot of the same thing going on at the same time. Before my dad had passed, my lifelong dream had been to be a journalist, um, which was when he had passed away, I was living in New York City and I was working toward that goal. And then after he passed, I just didn't feel that satisfied by it anymore. I felt like the nature of content had kind of also changed as well with the rise of the digital era. And so a lot of stories had just become disposable. And I just really had this deeper inner calling, I think, to do something of greater purpose, something that maybe I could continue to tell stories because I've always been a writer and a photographer and a storyteller, but tell stories that were different. Is that what the kind effect is? Is it a story platform? What is it exactly? It changes all the time, but it's, I've made a lot of videos about random acts of kindness and traveling around the world and doing kind deeds for others. Um, that's kind of how it started. And only now am I getting into the kind of advocacy portion of that, of speaking more about kindness, I guess, because I always wanted to feel like I was living and representing what I was advocating before I advocated for it. Mm. So now I'm kind of at this place where I'm like, hey, you can watch these kindness videos and see these kindness photos and get encouragement to create more kindness in your life and experience that change that I also did. So you so also have like a challenge, right? Like a three-day random act of kindness challenge or something like that? 
I do. I have a three-day random acts of kindness challenge because for me, what I found after I had started the kind of facts, I mean, based on what I've gone through, it's no surprise that I've dealt with depression before. And um, I'd read so much about happiness and scientific tricks that kind of help your brain get more feel-good chemicals. And one of those things is performing random acts of kindness. So mm -hmm. in the kindness challenge, that I made, it's just three days. And you take a, um, a couple of different happiness surveys. They're from, um, I think they're from Stanford and Harvard, just to like rank where your happiness and day-to-day -day satisfaction is at. And then you do three days of kind deeds, and then you get to rank your um, happiness again to see if there was a positive effect. Me personally, there's not a single doubt in my mind that there is this positive link between doing at random acts of kindness and positive mental health. I've experienced that in my own life. And I think as humans, we're just hardwired to have purpose and to make a difference to others. But sometimes it can feel inaccessible because we just put it on such a pedestal and it's like, oh, we think it has to be such a big thing. Whereas there is a way, even if you live with depression, like I have in the past, to still go out and do good things and receive the benefits and also give the benefits as well at the same time. You know, we do this thing called um, Random Acts of Kindness Night, and I invite whoever wants to come, and they come to my house, and we meet for 15 minutes and talk about ideas for different random acts of kindness you can do, and then we all go out for 45 minutes and see what we can come up with. We do Just do random acts of kindness. And then we come back and share our experiences. And there is no doubt, like you could do that, everybody listening, you could put together your own group of random acts of kindness night. Do it for a family night or a friend night or a neighbor night or whatever. But it's really, really fun. It's fun to see what people come up with. And it's definitely a win-win type of situation because absolutely you feel good when you're doing good things for somebody and it's fun and there's a little bit of an adrenaline rush because there's also this intensity that comes with doing nice things for people like if um if i try to do this nice thing for this person are they going to reject me is it you know if i hand them this rose is it, i mean there's a little bit of intensity that goes on so it's just this fun adventure but absolutely a win-win on that serotonin space yeah, we call this exposure therapy. <laughs> so, do you have some when you're favorite? Out there building life skills. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. Do you have some favorite random acts of kindness stories that you have experienced? Just so many. I gosh, there are just so many ways. Um, well, in the beginning, I was just staying local in California and doing the kind deeds, and then I decided to go on the road and start filming random acts of kindness in other countries, and I went to Myanmar which is a country in Asia. And while I was there, I found out that you can donate rice to the monks at this monastery where there are thousands of monks that live there. And if you donate rice, it's part of their daily meal. Um, and one bag of rice that costs $30 can feed like 500 people. So um, me wow. and a friend went to go buy this big, heavy bag of rice and we brought it back to the monastery and it was really beautiful. We had like a really nice blessing ceremony over the rice and got to actually deliver it to them. That was mm. fun. And one of my other favorite ones from the road was in Verona, Italy. There's a movie with Amanda Seyfried called Letters to Juliet. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I have. 
Okay, so there's an organization in Verona, Italy that collects all the letters that people leave to Juliet. And those letters can be about romantic love, they can be about the love of family members, they can be other things about loneliness and just general relationships and friendships. So this organization has volunteers that answer the letters. And you can go as a volunteer for a day and pick the letters out of the box that resonate with you and you write a letter to them as if you were mm. Juliet. How fun. So I went and made a video about that experience and it was crazy because I kept picking letters out of the box that were about people who had lost loved ones. And it just gave me chills oh, wow. because it really was something that I felt that I could speak to. Right. Yeah, serendipity right there, huh? Well, some of my favorites are when the groups have gotten together, um, one one person, our family, decided to go grab a pizza and take it over to someone that they knew whose basement had flooded. And they wanted to, you know, just help them make it less stressful for them. So they took them dinner. Or one group went and bought like a dozen roses just out of like a grocery store and then wrote little notes and went around to places unexpected, maybe through a drive through or something and gave Whoever was working at the window arose in a note that just said, you are seen and you are heard, you are loved, you are, really you're a being, right? So all of these things, random acts of kindness, they don't have to be huge things. They don't have to take very long. And I think also the better you get at it in your everyday, like being aware of it, you'll start noticing more and more opportunities, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think when you attune your, your mind to anything, then you start to just see it more in your reality and especially kindness too, you know, and you, you really start to view people themselves different and you start to see more of yourself and others, I think. Yeah. So where can people find your challenge if they want to take your three-day challenge? Absolutely. The challenge is on my website. So if they go to thekindeffect.com, they can find the challenge there. And I have other freebies as well, like free kindness wallpaper for your desktop and another free ebook guide called The Changemaker's Action Plan that's all about figuring out how you can make a difference in the way that resonates with you. Just free goodies. So how very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have in mind for the kindness effect moving forward? Is this a way where... Do you sell anything? Like, is it just a, you're just putting good juju out into the world? So when I got online, I just, at thekindnesseffect.com, is that what, is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What the website is? And then there was just videos there to watch and the free wallpaper and stuff you can take. So it's just kind of a platform for celebrating random acts of kindness, right? Is there anything more coming from that or is that just kind of where it sits? It kind of just stays with that. And right now I'm putting a lot of focus into public speaking, kind of sharing the message of kindness with others. I probably should sell something. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the freebies are very kind. Oh, good. <laughs> well, if, if you're doing public speaking platforms, then that means that you have a message that you want to get out. So in closing, what is that message that you want people to know? What is it you like to pass along to people? I think the message is that even when you are at the lowest of your low and you think that things cannot and will not possibly get better, um, to try your best to look within yourself to find just that little glimmer of hope that is still there 
um, because you really are truly somebody that matters and what you do in your lifetime really matters and you can make a difference in the lives of everyday people, even with the small acts of good that you can muster. Yeah. So at the end of each show, I always leave a challenge for them. Do you have a kindness challenge you want to put out for everybody? Do you want to make a verbal challenge to them? Okay. The verbal challenge is just pick something that feels achievable, yet scares you a little bit. And go out and do that random act of kindness. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you, Megan. We appreciate you being here and sharing the kind of fact. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Past president and prophet of the LDS Church said, quote, Along your pathway of life, you will observe that you are not the only traveler. There are others who need your help. There are feet to steady, hands to grasp, minds to encourage, hearts to inspire, and souls to save, unquote. I know how hard it is to try to think of others when you're in a state of pain, but often the way out of that pain is to turn your focus outward, away from the internal suffering, and look to others to see what you can do to bring light. One small random act at a time And before you know it, there will be other feelings in your heart besides the happy ones. This is what Megan did with her story, understanding and recognizing how much kindness supports other people and how much it also helped pull her out of spaces of darkness. Your challenge this week is to keep random acts of kindness forefront in your mind and in your heart and to look for those opportunities, to make opportunities, to put kindness into the world because it is a (laughs) win-win, lifting our spirits and lifting our energy and lifting the world. So please share this episode with one person today as your first act of kindness. And we'll see you in two weeks for the next fun episode of helping you create an intentional life story filled with all the good stuff.